It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. Commissioner Jacobs is away today, but she'll be back on our next podcast. Georgia's Department of Public Health has announced that there are approximately 987,000 children ages 5 to 11 here in Georgia who are now eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. That's about 4.4% of the total population in Georgia. And this is something we've been looking for and should help in containing the virus among our younger learners and ultimately making schools and childcare programs safer. Of course, DECAL has been working with the Georgia Department of Public Health in updating COVID-19 guidance specifically for Georgia child care facilities. We've put all that information on our website. The guidance covers everything from COVID-19 prevention strategies, the promotion of vaccinations, and consistent and correct use of masks. Joining us to talk about COVID-19 vaccines for children in Georgia is Pam Stevens, Deputy Commissioner of Child Care Services here at DECAL. And we're happy to have back Dr. Jenna Gettings, an Epidemic Intelligence Service Officer with the CDC, currently assigned as a school team lead with the Georgia Department of Public Health. Ladies, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So Dr. Gettings, how important is having a vaccine for children in our overall fight against COVID-19? And, and what are the benefits? Thanks, Reg. Uh, vaccination is so incredibly important for any age group, but especially for children. Vaccination is our most crucial defense in this pandemic, particularly for children who need to have access to school and childcare. Although COVID-19 does tend to be milder in children, they are still at risk of developing severe illness or needing to be hospitalized. Also, children do contribute to ongoing transmission within households, schools, and childcare facilities. This latest surge that we experienced here in Georgia, which peaked in October, was the worst for children. And we saw a greater number of cases and rates compared to any other surge, including last summer, or sorry, last winter. This was also reflected in the number of hospitalizations and sadly deaths. The benefits of vaccination are clear, and we have supporting data from vaccinated adults and adolescents 12 and over. During the most recent surge across the U.S., unvaccinated adolescents aged 12 to 17 years were 10 times more likely to be hospitalized compared to vaccinated adolescents. Vaccination recently became available for those aged 5 to 11 years, and early data is promising. Vaccination reduced the occurrence of symptomatic COVID-19 by 90% in 5 to 11-year-old during clinical trials. We expect to see similar protection against hospitalization and deaths, just as we have in adolescents and adults, and vaccination will likely reduce the transmission occurring within schools and childcare facilities. That all sounds great. And we're talking about uh, the Pfizer vaccine. Is that the only one available to children at this point? Yes, currently the Pfizer vaccine, the BioNTech, is the only one approved for children and adolescents 5 to 17 years old. 
Okay. And, and kind of walk us through the process. Maybe parents are listening and um, I don't know if this would be different than our experience as adults going and getting our vaccine. Where do we get the vaccines uh, for children? Is it one dose, two doses? How does that work? Yeah. So the process of getting the vaccine should be pretty much the same as for adults and the older children. Um, definitely encourage parents to reach out to their pediatrician to have their child vaccinated, but they can also check with local pharmacies. There's multiple online resources for finding where vaccinations um, can be found. So you can go to dph.ga.gov slash COVID hyphen vaccine or vaccines.gov. Um, and both of those sources will provide locations for vaccines. It is a two-dose vaccine given three weeks apart, same as for adults, but the dose size is a little bit smaller. And what about any side effects? Are we, I know it's early on, but uh, through the testing uh, and the trials, are we seeing any side effects among children? Yes, so side effects are reported among children, um, but they're similar to those seen in adults and with other vaccinations that we typically get. Uh, side effects are normal signs that the body is responding to the vaccine and building protection. And children may experience pain, redness, or swelling where the shot was given. And they may be tired, have a headache, muscle pain, chills, fever, nausea. Um, but these are going to go away within a few days. And severe side effects are very rare. And we've already mentioned that the efficacy of the vaccine for children over 12 is strong. And it looks like that's also true for, for younger children. Yeah, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine is over 90% effective at preventing COVID-19 in children aged 5 to 11 years. Um, and as I said, you know, vaccinating this group, we're hoping will help uh, reduce disruptions in childcare and slow down community transmission. Mm. Pam, let me bring you in uh, at this point. What's your reaction as someone who works with childcare programs every day? You're talking to uh, child care providers and teachers on a, on a regular basis. What's the reaction that the vaccine is now available for uh, children ages 5 to 11? I think everyone's relieved. I mean, of course, in child care, they're anxious to get it for all ages of children, obviously. But, you know, our child care providers have been working so hard to keep families, staff, everyone safe that anything that they can do to prevent the spread of COVID, they are on board and ready to go with. And have you, uh, you said that you, are you already hearing from people about when's it happening for children under five? I think everybody is wanting to get for their own families and for childcare and just, especially, you know, just um, everybody's tired. Everybody's ready, you know, to, to see if we can uh, put this thing to bed. And so, yeah, I mean, we're definitely seeing um, improvements in childcare as far as cases and closures and that, and that type of thing. Like just to give you a, a reference point. Um, in April, we had uh, 70 programs that closed for COVID, just closed the whole program for a period of time due to COVID. And then in um, our most recent numbers from this week, we have 14. So it's a, you know, that, that's a big difference. So 70 this past April. Yes. Wow. In one week, you know, the, you know there was like you know, 70 programs closed. Wow. And then... Now, this week, it's down to 14. So, I mean, it's just, again, you know, that comes and goes depending on what happens. But um, it's just de steadily declining. Now, I'll say for you, know, uh, providers also report to us cases of COVID for staff or children. And that, for us, really peaked in September. 
that, those were our biggest numbers. Um, and then that has um, gone down quite dramatically as well. That's interesting. You know, we were riding along and feeling pretty positive there going into the summer. And then we had the Delta variant. And I know uh, for our agency, we were planning on going back to regular office hours August 1st. That did not happen. Uh, And then uh, probably a wise decision did not go with that because we did see uh, a spike in uh, September. And now as we head into the holidays, um, post Thanksgiving and into Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all of these opportunities for many people to get together. Um, Obviously, we're keeping our fingers crossed that everything will be okay. Let me ask uh, Dr. Jennings and uh, also Pam, what would you say to parents who are hesitant to have their young children vaccinated? How do we know that it's safe for young children ages 5 to 11? Dr. Jennings. Yeah, so the benefits of vaccination far outweigh the known potential risks. You know, side effects can occur. You know, that's no fun. I definitely understand that. I have a young child myself. Side effects of vaccinations are no fun. But, you know, they're mostly self-limiting. They go away within a few days. The risks of severe illness or hospitalization are so much higher for unvaccinated children. And children can develop long-term complications from COVID-19, just like we're seeing with adults. So the, like you say, the side effects, definitely, no one wants to see your child uh, suffer. Pam, what's your advice for? Well, I just, from a real parenting standpoint, what if there's something you could have done? I mean, how would you feel as a parent if there was something you could have done? I mean, I don't know how you would ever, ever live with that. You may have maybe some nervousness about the vaccine, but what we know is getting any disease is not good. Anything. We don't want to, I mean, we vaccinate our kids for, uh, for so many things. And how would you feel if there's something you could have, have done and your child got very sick? I, I don't know. I don't, that, that risk is just too great. I think. And um, I I mean, I just can't imagine living with that. I've got to say, you know, for me, I had the um, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine back in March. And my doctor advised having the Moderna booster, which I did just recently. I had a little a few side effects, maybe the night that I got the Johnson and Johnson and maybe a little the next day. Not too bad. I had zero with the Moderna. I really just walked in and uh, to a Publix actually near us and had the vaccine and came home and felt fine. I was ready to use that as my, you know, my, my hall pass for maybe not doing as much around the house (laughs) and saying that I didn't feel quite great, but I felt fine. So uh, we do encourage, uh, as Dr. Getting said, it is our number one defense against this virus. So uh, we encourage not only uh, adults, if you have not had your vaccine, please do so. But especially now that we have it for children, um, uh, you know, in, in this age group, five to 11 years old. Um, Dr. Gettings, uh, we did mention this, the obvious question now, when do we expect to have vaccines available for children even younger than uh, under age five? Yeah, so obviously all three of the major companies and others as well, are continuing to have clinical trials um, in various age groups, including, I think the youngest I've seen is like six months um, to two years or six months to five years. 
And it is expected slash hoped that Pfizer specifically will be submitting data to the FDA by the end of this year. And so we're hoping that within the first quarter next year, so by early spring, we will hopefully have something authorized, um, you know, for at least the six month to five year age range. Mm-hmm. And are you and and the others at uh, DPH, as well as the CDC, are you concerned about the holiday season? Is this sort of a a test to see how we're really doing? Yeah, I think I think it's really important to keep an eye on on what's going on right now and for all the families to really think about uh, what they can do to help mitigate, you know, the spread of this. We in Georgia are already starting to see a slow increase in cases. Um, You know, last year, this was when we really started getting into a large winter surge. Um, And throughout the rest of the country, especially the upper Midwest and the Northeast states right now, they're in the middle of their biggest surge yet. And the theory kind of there is, you know, they're well into their winter months, their cold months where everyone's kind of indoors and congregating a little bit more closely. Um, and, you know, we're, we're getting to that as well, in part because of the holidays and it is finally starting to get a little chilly down here. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we have uh, interesting. Uh, this is an interesting time of year because it's very cold in the morning. It'll warm up around lunch. Uh, it's definitely the time to wear layers because then it starts getting cold again, gets darker sooner. What about flu shots? Should we put in uh, a plug for flu shots? I've had mine. I just wanted to say, um, do you encourage that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're starting to see more flu activity this year as well. You know, last year it was, it was pretty non-existent um, just because everyone was kind of staying indoors and um, wearing masks really well. Uh, but we are, it is, it is making a comeback. So highly encourage um, flu vaccines and you can get them together with your COVID vaccine. Um, you don't need to wait between any of those that can be given together. Right. It's, it's funny, you know, go into a pharmacy, you go into a, a grocery store with a pharmacy, they are more than happy to, um, to assist you. And they'll even ask. And I think I was at a CVS and they said, have you had your flu shot? And I said, no. And they said, well, you can, we can do it today. And I was like, okay, let's go ahead and do it. Uh, just check that box. Pam, you're talking with child care programs all across Georgia. How are they doing at this point, dealing with the pandemic? Do things seem to be getting better? Um, it's still, it's rough. It's still, the numbers are still low uh, as far as attendance for children, their numbers are down. And that's just hard on any business to lose to lose clients is a, is hard on the business. So they're struggling and they're having huge staffing issues. That's what we're hearing over and over again. It's it's a challenge, you know. And even if they want to enroll more children, if they have the opportunity to, if they don't have the staff to accommodate the the number of children, they can't enroll more children to help support their business. It's a it's a tough time for childcare right now. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the common questions we continue to hear is how and where confirmed cases of COVID in child care should be reported. And does an entire facility need to close if the affected person has been isolated in a single classroom? What's our advice on that? So um, you are required to report to your local health department and to us and to DECAL. 
we, we had a rule change. And so through our required reporting process, you are required to report any confirmed cases of COVID to us. Um, we also have a lot of resources online, guidance, joint guidance with DPH um, around you know, ways to contact your local health department, forms you can fill out to give them all the information so you don't have to wait for a call back. And as far as closing down a whole classroom, it really, really depends or closing down a whole facility. It depends on how much, you know, how good a job you're doing with keeping classrooms contained and so that children are not mingling with other classrooms and other age groups of children. Um, that's really going to help you if you do get a case, if you haven't had, if you haven't been sharing classrooms and sharing playground time and all those things. Mm -hmm. We're so still really seeing we're still seeing a lot of isolation as, as far as trying to keeping, trying to keep the classes um, separate we're from each other. We're still recommending that, but you know, we, you, we live in the real world and when you have staffing issues, I think people are doing the best they can. I think they're really doing the best they can of trying to keep uh, to really cohort classes and making sure that one group stays just with that group and they never have to, you know, combine classrooms and stuff. But we we're realistic too, and we understand that you know there are severe staffing shortages in childcare right now, and so um, I think programs are programs are doing their best at this point. And what is our current guidance on the use of masks in childcare programs? And are we suggesting masks even for people who are vaccinated? We love masks. We um, we really encourage masks. Yeah, because we know we have their breakthrough cases, you know. And then again, anyone who's in a childcare program, you are around people who are not vaccinated because young children cannot be vaccinated. And so we are recommending if you're over two years old that you wear a mask. We also know we totally understand that teachers have to use their best judgment too. I mean, um, <laughs> I have a two-year-old granddaughter and she wears a mask sometimes. And if you take it off her, it's wet. You know, it's, it's just kind of gross. And so, you know, if we're, if we're leaving wet masks all over the room for other children to pick up, we're probably not helping. So I think you, teachers have to know their own classroom and their own children and see which is, you know, if they're sharing masks, that's not good. You know, it's so again, I think knowing your um, what your kids are doing, where they're dropping those things, you know, and what's happening with them, you know, teachers, you know, need to use their best judgment as far as appropriateness for different ages. But definitely if you're under two, we don't want you to wear a mask, but everybody else, especially adults, we would, we really are encouraging mask use. All right, good to know. Um, Dr. Gettings, we talk a lot about COVID in the general sense, but what are the specific symptoms that parents and families should be looking for? Yeah, so unfortunately, COVID-19 kind of runs the gamut of many, many respiratory viruses, including flu and the common cold. Um, but generally what we're looking for are fever, cough, shortness of breath, chills, headache, sore throat, new loss of taste or smell, muscle pain, congestion or runny nose. And we do actually see um, in children nausea, vomiting, or diarrhea. So kind of the whole gamut. Um, so really the important thing is to recognize that, you know, if your child has any of these symptoms, you know, even if it's not COVID, it's possible likely that they have something that can be spread to other children. And so they really should be keeping them out of childcare during that time. 
And I would think maybe, you know, your pediatrician is, is should be your best friend in these circumstances and where we might put that off as well. They're just under the weather. They're not feeling well. We really should, if at all possible, check with the, our pediatrician, I'm thinking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And quickly back to the adults listening, how important are booster shots? I'll let you give a public service announcement on that. Yeah, so recently CDC um, updated their recommendation for booster shots and all adults 18 and older are now eligible for a booster shot. So if you, you received a primary series of one of the mRNA vaccines, which is the Pfizer or Moderna, and it's been more than six months since you received that series, you are eligible to go ahead and get a booster. You can get a booster with any of the three vaccines um, and if you've had the Johnson Johnson or J&J vaccine, if it's been at least two months since your um, dose, you are eligible to go ahead and get a booster. It's interesting how they can mix and match to, to some extent. Like I, I mentioned, my physician recommended the Moderna uh, booster because apparently it, uh, uh, like the, the results were off the charts when it came to antibodies produced or something like that, which I don't understand any of that. I just wanted to be safe. And so <laughs> that's what he went with uh, on that. How are, uh, how's everybody doing at, at DPH? I know this has been a very, very trying time and we appreciate the hard work of Dr. Toomey and the whole staff. You're on loan from CDC, which is a very busy place all in and of itself. And we appreciate you working with DPH, but what's the, what's the, spirit, like the attitude, you know, what, what, how are things right now? Yeah. So definitely, uh, it's, it's been trying times for the last couple of years. Um, not just here at DPH, but all, all public health workers. Um, and I mean, really every facet of our society, um, is a little worn down right now, but, you know, we keep following the data and making the best recommendations that we can. And we just keep moving forward because that's, that's what we need to do. Has there been any feeling at all as you're watching the data of like maybe over the summer, we mentioned, um, you know, things were looking pretty good. And then the Delta variant sort of came along. Uh, where do we stand now? Are you in a positive mode? Are we, are we feeling good based on the on the data that you're looking at? Yeah, so, you know, we're, we still have a little bit of trepidation about the upcoming um, holidays and travel and what that may bring. And we just, we don't know at this point. Um, all we can do is encourage folks to go out there and, and get vaccinated, wear masks when they're visiting with people who aren't vaccinated. Um, and, and that's how we get through this. All right. We'll keep that in mind and uh, hope everybody has a great holiday season. But uh, don't forget, we're still in a pandemic and we're trying to be as cautious as possible. You can find all of our COVID information on our website at decal.ga.gov. The Georgia Department of Public Health has a complete dashboard of information on COVID daily updates, vaccines, testing and other guidance. That's all at DPH. Dot Georgia, right out the word G E O R G I A dot gov. So DPH dot Georgia dot gov or follow us at decal dot GA dot gov. Dr. Gettings and Pam, hopefully we um, 
we'll have uh, positive reports from here on out. Maybe we'll get back together again and talk about the day that it's all over. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hello, my name is Beth Houts. I work with Child Care Services in Hayhira, Georgia, Southeast region. Um, my question for Commissioner, Commissioner Jacobs is, what's your advice to someone who is concerned about the health and well-being of children in a child care program in Georgia? Well, Beth, we apologize for Commissioner Jacobs being away. We know uh, you had that question for her, but we just happen to have Pam Stevens still here uh, with us, and she is the Deputy Commissioner of Child Care Services. What are the chances? We can actually respond to that question, and I can give a general sense, and then, Pam, you can fill in uh, the blanks, but we always want to hear from anyone who has concern about a child care program in Georgia, what over... 4,500 of them, licensed childcare programs uh, all across the state. And uh, really, the public, although we have some very well-trained and very good um, childcare consultants that are in and out of these programs, we really count on the public for being our eyes and ears. Absolutely. I mean, we um, have made a commitment to all the citizens of Georgia that DECAL will ensure the health and safety of children in childcare. That's what we do. We take it very, very seriously. So we, we want to know if you have concerns. We want to know what you're feeling and experiencing out there. We have a whole unit dedicated to following up on those concerns and finding out and working with you and working with the program to see um, what's happening, what's going on. And sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of education in there for people who call and have concerns about you know what the rules are, what can be expected, what we can do. And, um, you know, we always encourage people too to look online. We have all the licensing reports online. Everyone has access to that. So you can see what our reports say about a program. So you can learn more that should really help you in your choice of childcare programs. We also, you know, quality rated is a fantastic way to find out what's going on at a program. Uh, we have a three-star rating process here at DECAL and, you know, they, you know, the, Quality assessors are also your eyes and ears. You know, they're going out into programs and spending time and making sure that the quality is there as well. But definitely we want to hear from you. If you have a concern, we want to take care of it. And we also want to help programs improve, right? I mean, it's not like it's totally punitive or that, you know, terrible things will happen. We want to know what your concerns are. And if a program needs help in improving in an area, we want to be there to help them. You know, I've always said one of the reasons we call our team in child care services consultants, many of them, uh, instead of inspectors or investigators, is that the first part of the visit is going around and checking these standard things. It's, it's a, a, a very fine tuned list of things that we're looking at from, I always say, diapering to discipline to playgrounds to everything. Um, but then they sit down with the director, they go over the report live and in person, and they advise them, they consult with them on how to improve. And I think that's rare among state agencies, if you think about it. I mean, I hate to admit it, but I have been pulled over before for traffic <laughs> violations. Yeah. And very, very seldom did they say, here's a ticket, but let's talk about how, let's how, talk to about improve how you can do that. better. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know, we have a whole technical assistance unit within child care services. And their whole job is to help programs improve as well and, and improve practices. But, you know, and I, I want to make sure it's clear, too, that if there is something seriously wrong 
going on, we investigate. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we will make sure and, and there will be a resolution to that. We, you know, our number one concern obviously is the children. It's always the children. And we, we're there to make sure that they're healthy and safe in childcare. Absolutely. And um, we, we do hear those stories occasionally where there are concerns that are expressed. And, you know, parents, if you're listening and you're in a child care program, there's a gut check kind of thing that goes on sometimes when you say to yourself, something's not quite right. I can't put my finger on it, but something is not right. Um, definitely call us and uh, you can call or email. The phone number is our main number, 404-656-5957. Ask for the Child Care Services Consultant of the Day. Uh, that's on a rotating basis uh, among our child care consultants. Um, and they are right on the spot uh, when it comes to that. Also, the email is ccscomplaints at ccscomplaints at decal.ga.gov. You can email. And Pam, you can remain anonymous when it comes to yes. reporting this. Absolutely. So that's good to know uh, also. Let me ask you this uh, while we have you, because we do see this on social media every now and then. Sometimes providers will say, decal likes to get you. You know, like decal's got the, the gotcha mentality. How would you respond to that? You know, it's a hard thing because actually our goal, we want child care to be good. I mean, we don't, we don't want there to be anything to get you for. We want you to do everything we can. We're rooting for you. We want you to do well. We're putting all these resources and supports throughout the whole agency that we want you to do well. We're also going to hold you accountable. It's our job. You know, a parent doesn't have to be a child care expert. We are. And, and they need to be able to count on us to make sure that we're making good decisions around child care so that they can feel confident leaving their children in child care. So while we don't have a gotcha mentality at all, we want to support you. We appreciate anyone who is willing to be a child care provider. It's not easy work. We respect you. We appreciate you. We want to help, but we will hold you accountable because, you know, the risk is too great. You can't mess up with kids. Right. You know, you know we, have, we always have to do the right thing. Right. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks, Pam, for sticking around. Thank you. And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Email your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. What percentage did we say the 5 to 11 age group represents in Georgia's total population? What percentage did we say the 5 to 11 age group represents in Georgia's total population? Answer that question, and we'll draw one name from all the correct answers. You could win a prize from Chick-fil-A, Fun Spot America, Georgia Lottery, The School Box, Six Flags, Stone Mountain Park, Skyline Park at Pond City Market, or Wild Adventures Theme Park. Looking forward to hearing from you and awarding you a prize. Thanks for playing, and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.